2017, three men joined together in a pact to see what they could collectively do to advance civilization, further the cause of world peace, and elevate mankind. These three men were internationally renowned musician and Lincoln Park multi-instrumentalist Dave Phoenix Farrell, multiple PGA Tour champion and world-class golfer Brendan Steele, and Mark. They named themselves the Members. Those who they chose to sit with and ponder the mysteries of the universe, they named the Guests. What you're about to listen to is one of those historic conversations. Welcome to the Member Guest Podcast. Welcome to Member Guest. Yes, season two is underway. It has been a strong minute since we've been back here. I'm excited. We're back here at our home away from home, the brewery home office, the recording studios here. We're sipping on some nice beverages. Brendan, Mark, how are we doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here. We got some great guests. I think this is going to be awesome. Good. All good over here. One of the things that I really appreciate right off the bat about season two is looking over at you, Mark. You're already sweating. I know. You're stressed. (laughs) Full panic. Mics have cut out already. It's been a couple months since we've been at this particular spot. You've been struggling to get the recording equipment working. It sounds like it's working. The Are we on? The 105 to the 105 to the 91 to the Tod- 110. Toddler to the, graduation yeah. went over today. Mark stressed all day. I heard you rock a pretty serious dad band today. Yeah, I, um, I was back on stage, which is relevant because our guest today is also a guitarist. And we started off with Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yep. Old McDonald had a farm. Okay. And we closed the show with Slippery Fish. Ooh, I don't know that one. Nouveau toddler music. Me being a professional, I would tend to close with something that the crowd's really going to gravitate towards. Slippery Fish, I don't know. I don't know if that's your best choice for closer, Mark. We actually closed with Old McDonald, but then they brought us on stage. Encore. Uh, Encore. <laughs> uh, all we had practice at that point was Slippery Fish. That makes more sense. Old McDonald is much more of a closer. Well done on the Encore, though. You, apparently you earned it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so as alluded to, today's guest... He is a man who I've had the pleasure of sharing many memorable occasions. We've hooped together. That's what the kids are calling basketball these days, right? We've balled. We've golfed together. We've wined together. We've toured Europe together. We've even attended a Manchester City game together, ironically, of which neither of us, I'm more of a Man U guy. More of a Chelsea guy. No, you're more of a Chelsea guy. He is one half of the dynamic guitar attack of one of my favorite bands of Mice and Men. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Phil Menon Sala. Phil, welcome hey, to Member Guest. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo-hoo. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure Cheers. To be here. Cheers, yes, everybody. Phil and I first met, I don't, do you remember when we first met? Yes, uh, I remember the exact moment and second. So do I. We met. Yeah, it's really weird, so hopefully they're the Maybe, same. Maybe, hopefully these yeah. stories. Yeah, so. Uh, Can we just do like a one, two, three, and you guys both. <laughs> one, two, three, Ready? say it. One, two, three. Zurich, Switzerland. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah, I, saw, I was reading it out of your <laughs> eyebrows. Yeah, definitely. It was saying Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, it was the first show of the Hunting Party Tour, and uh, we were playing um, Stadia Hall in Zurich, Switzerland. So that was the first show of the tour, and, uh, you know, I was like a kid in the biggest candy store ever because we'd never played a venue that size. 
So uh, the fact that we got to play with you guys in, uh, in an international tour was uh, something I'll never forget. And you actually came and introduced yourself. You didn't just hate me. You were nice. I didn't. I didn't just do the drive-by no, high five. No, no, and no. He like, didn't haze you or anything, right? Like tell you if you screw up today, it's your ass. He was like, I heard you're from Orange County, and I'm the Orange County king. Yeah. If you don't and, get this uh, crowd going. No, I actually had a panic attack on stage that day, and I remember looking out at the crowd because the last time we played Zurich was 200 people. So going from 200 to 22,000 sold out in an arena was a. Uh, you know, I'm nearsighted, so once it gets, things start to get far, it gets fuzzy. So I can't really tell how many people are out there. I would never have been able to say it's Zurich, Switzerland. But I remember a hallway in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Where it might have even been the second night of the tour. Because I think the first night we were super crazy busy yeah. or whatever else. I think that night we even started talking about like soccer. We were like talking about all these different things in Orange County. It wasn't love at first sight, but it was maybe like at first sight. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to fall in love at first sight at our age now. That's right. And Phil's nearsighted too, so yeah. that doesn't help. But with Dave, it was, you know, when he got close, I was like, oh my God, he's a legend. We respected their band so much that we didn't want to uh, cross any sort of lines, you know, or do anything stupid. Okay. So can you please, to, your, to the best of your ability, tell these guys your recollection of what the rule set is oh, yeah. or was <laughs> of touring with Linkin Park? And then I will give feedback as far as like where I'm coming yeah, from with that, you know, we we've toured with a lot of bands, but never toured with Lincoln Park. So there is a sort of different guidelines that came with the tour. A contract got given to our management that we had to sign that we not break any of the rules on the tour. You know, and I'm that type of person that I'll read the first line and be like, whatever, I'll sign that. But then my manager is like, okay, listen, there's no drinking. No smoking. You cannot be drunk or anything like that in front of the band. Be on your best behavior you could ever be on, or you know, or else you get kicked off the tour. That's what it says right here on this paper. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, it didn't matter for our career because we got the tour with a, a band we respect so much. So signing that was like, oh, no brainer. Like I'll go sober for as long as you want me to. You know, like no. Now I understand why you don't eat red meat too. It might have been on that contract. I'm sure it was. Fast forward a week into the tour or whatever else, we're sitting and drinking red wine, and I'm like, "Here, Phil, like, have." He's like, "Oh, I. This is literally at the venue. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm I'm drinking some wine, eating some food. I'm hanging out with Phil. I'm like, "Hey, you know, do you want some of this? Like, the chef that's on tour is making some stuff. Like, there's some." Thing, blah, blah, blah. Some food, whatever. And Phil, Phil looks at me and he's like, I signed a contract. I can't do that. Like in the, <laughs> in, in like the venue or in the dressing room. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is this? What? Like, is that with like your band? Or I'm, I'm so confused as to what's going on. Phil thought you were trying to trick him. Like, I thought well, so too. Here's some like, wine. Yeah. What are you going to do, Phil? <laughs> he's trying to play me. Just, he must not like the music. Out of here. Yeah, so. So he drank it, and then I immediately was like, that's it, you're off the door! You're out of here! I think Shinoda was there as well. Yeah, he we was had, there, yeah. We had no, no clue that that was even something that had been going on, and it had been going on for apparently a couple years, maybe even, yeah. that we had no idea that that was happening behind the scenes with our management and production team. And, and granted, you know, we... We have a we like to do a family friendly tour. We have a lot of times when there's kids out. We have a couple guys you know in the group that are sober and whatever else. So it's good to have a bit of uh, of an environment that we can function and work in. But at the same time, it was never it 
ran out of control. Like it was never from our vantage point intended to be something that was like this strict dictatorial statement that like you cannot have fun on the Lincoln Park door. And that, but that it wasn't until like we actually started talking about it and Phil had told me like, yeah, this is what we did before we came on this tour that we were like, okay, we, we need to get this. I would, I, would, I would have done anything though. First off to be on a Lincoln Park tour straight up. I would have still would almost do anything. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and that's why you're here at this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how we got Phil here. I was really impressed with the new record. I mean, you, you sent it to me a little early, which I thought was, I mean, the coolest thing as a fan to be able to listen to it before it came out. And uh, one of the things that I think is so cool is when you have a friend that, that does something great and they, they let you take a peek at it, and you don't have to just tell them, oh, I think it's good, you know, whatever. You can actually, like, really believe it. And, and it's this record just absolutely blew me away. And I know we talked about it a bunch before it came out. And you were like, oh, you really like it? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm out on the range listening yeah. to it every day nonstop. Like, I'm loving it. And, uh, I mean, I just thought it was so killer and, and really impressive what you guys did with it. Awesome, yeah. We, I sent it to you and I was a little scared, you know, cause I'm like, Oh man, I hope he likes it. It's so different than, uh, kind of what we were going for on the last album. But, uh, you know, the honesty of when you came back and told us to, you know, told me that you actually liked it was like, you know, such a, a such a win for me because I'm a fan of you too. So it's like, yeah, it's a sick. He's listening to us on the range. Hopefully he's getting an extra five to 10 yards on every hit. 25. Okay. Maybe 30. <laughs> Hopefully you're not getting 25 yards extra on like a wedge. Yeah, or a no. putt. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> the shot link stats. Brendan Steele missed that putt by 75 feet. <laughs> 15 feet to the hole. Must be listening shot to four, track two. 90 feet. <laughs> 75 feet to the hole. <laughs> Just missed. How old are you when you started touring? I've uh, been touring for 10 years now. So prior to that, were you just like a fan at shows, going down as close as you could to some yeah, shows? Yeah, I did that stuff and was like in a local band right. too. So, um, What was a show that you would pay admission to that you'd probably still go do um, the same today? Man, the very first concert I went to, like scene, post-hardcore, emo, whatever that is, was uh, Finch, Glassjaw, and a Static Lullaby at the Glass House. And that ignited the fire of of what I thought like rock and roll in a small venue was, you know, modern day style of seeing the fans go so crazy and so many people outside the venue, just waiting outside the door. Um, that like definitely started my love for, uh, going out to concerts. I was in seventh grade. Were you already playing guitar at that point? Yeah. I was playing guitar. Uh, Tom DeLong was my idol guitar player. His, you know, the blink songs were pretty easy to play. Not saying that he's not a cool songwriter, but, uh, you know, they were, that's what made it cool though, is that they were easy enough to play, but I could play and be like Tom DeLonge. So that's like, you know, something I think about when I play is make it simple enough for other people to play if they like it. Maybe you should write some songs that Brendan can play. I'm pretty amazing. So it'd need to be pretty difficult for me to be challenged (laughs) by it. That's, uh, I don't have, okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to call full BS, but maybe partial BS a lot of your songs that like the riffs and things that you've written like you and Alan as a tandem they're not easy to play are you sure well 
Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's more of a commentary on my guitar ability. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean BS in the best possible way where I think yeah. like what you guys do with your writing is awesome. There's craftsmanship to what you're writing. And then additionally, there's actually uh, artistry to mm. it as well. Like the guitar stuff that you guys do is great. It's it's not easy. I, I'm just not... envisioning Dave sitting at home and getting the gu- guitar tabs for for all the of mice and men songs and not being able to do it and just be like, God damn it! Just like throwing his guitar <laughs> against the wall. I'm trying to play it with my teeth. I'm trying to like finger tap it. Like, like I just... what am I supposed to do with this? Then I just text Phil. Okay, I'll just tell him it's easy. Yeah. I'll just pick it uh, up. It's really simple. Just uh, when when did you start? Uh, when did you start playing guitar? When I was ten. 10 okay. years old. How did that uh, come about? Oh, man. I I thought playing guitar when I was a kid was, like, you know, the coolest thing. I loved Richie Valens. You know, I loved the movie La Bamba. I loved Elvis Presley. You know, oldies music was what really, like, started my love for music. So, like, Elvis and Richie Valens, for sure. We need to get more uh, more hip swivel in your you guitar playing. I know some hound dog. Some some Viva Lock, you know Las Vegas stuff, which I'm down for. Some I was actually listening to Slipknot and Elvis recently back and forth, and I was like, man, there's some definite the same sort of riff is just with distortion over that Elvis song. Wow, Slipknot, you know. So uh, either you could find any sort of inspiration through any sort of music you listen to. Elvis did not have to wear a clown mask. I wish he would have. He had a lot of makeup on, though. <laughs> that is true. So, he had a little bit of his own clown-esque. makeup game going on. Clown-esque. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Tom, but did you, did you have outside of that other inspirations yeah. as you're going? Did yeah. you Did you start with lessons? Were you? I never had lessons. Still okay. never had lessons unless, like, you know, I look at something online and teach myself. It's whoever wrote that blog or created that video has inspired me to practice more in their sort of way. But the other guitar players that I really started looking up to when I was a kid was obviously Kirk Hammett and uh, James Hetfield, Metallica, S&M, with the musical symphony of music, SFO, was like a staple album for me when I was a kid because, you know, now every single band has that dynamic of strings and violin and all that stuff um, into their music. So to hear Metallica's music with that take on it now that I listen to it is so impressive to me. Those two guitar players mean a lot to me. And then also Tom Morello. He does things with the guitar and effects that nobody does. And right. he's created his own sound. And uh, the two guitar players from Korn, Head and Monkey. I've never heard a guitar tuned down to A, you know, with seven strings. So I was like, what is this? I didn't even know they made guitars with seven strings. You know, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, those bands definitely have uh, created my brain to try to write music like them. And, and also BBB, Big Bad Brad. BBB. He's a bad boy. He's got the riffs for days. And, uh, you know, Hybrid Theory is, uh, those riffs are like so simple, but so captivating. You wouldn't guess how heavy it could actually be until you listen to the album. When I first met Brad, we were maybe, I think he was 17, I was 18 years old, but I met Brad and I was, I was like, this guy, this guy's kind of like the best guitarist I've ever come across. But even at that point, at like 17, 18 years old, Brad's uh, mentality about playing was always 
the guitar needs to support what you're doing melodically or vocally. He was never like this guy who was about, I want to play the Santana solo. I want to like be the guitar guy. A lot of people don't realize that Brad actually like can kill it on a guitar. There's these moments when we've had Brad do like solos and shows and things like that, where I think people are kind of like, what is happening right now? Yeah, like, I saw him solo, and I was like, I didn't know he had that in the pocket. He's got some jobs. I've never he's, seen him do that. I yeah. I didn't hear that on the album. He's, what is that? He's you know, like so. the the really beautiful woman who just always wears moo-moos. Mm-hmm. And, a, and like <laughs> All a of a sudden, she's in a dress and high heels, and you're like, ooh, what? Like, what? Where did that come from? Yeah. What's going on there? So when me and Brendan first started hanging out, Brendan was really excited for me to direct him potentially to some new music, specifically some heavy music, some rock music. He's always wanted me to to help him find what's going on right now. What do you like? What are you into? And I am a huge embarrassing failure when it comes to that, <laughs> admittedly. One, I listen to music. I feel like that's kind of all across the board. I love heavier rock music i also listen to disney songs with the kids like it's it's a big spectrum of what i'm listening to and i also listen to a lot of podcasts so a lot of times i'm not even listening to music he'll be like uh, uh i've been listening to a lot of smooth jazz on and i'm like dave come on <laughs> like give me something else that's not what i'm looking for <laughs> i gave you for your walkout music i gave you enya yeah, we yeah. we had walk up music at at uh, the team event in New Orleans, and he's mm-hmm. like, uh, "Oh, what about some Enya? Huh? Orinoco Flow might be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up, kids. Orinoco how did, Flow. How did the music go over? By the way, it was awkward. Yeah, they played, played. You played Enya for your walk. No, music? Okay. I did not. It, it okay. would, in my defense, it would have not have been awkward if you had played Enya. That's true. So my partner uh, was Jamie Lovemark. He's another California guy, and so uh, we went California Love play on the Love Mark, and obviously the California guys. You know, the intro is so iconic to that Mm -hmm. song. The problem was they kind of, like, announced us and then played the song, and so you're, like, teeing up the ball while the music's going, and you're like, ah, do I hit? Do I not hit? How long is it going to go? What's going to happen? And inevitably, you're kind of, like, caught in between, and then the music shuts off, and then you just hear the people going like, oh, yeah, that was a weird choice, or, you know, whatever, they're doing something strange, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I guess i got to hit a shot, and it's alternate shot, I could hit it in the range, and, you know, then Jamie's got to tee off, and we're hitting three all of a sudden just because the dumb song on the first hole. <laughs> I think the music's great. I think they, we should do it. I think we should play music for 18 holes out there, just have it going the whole time, but... Uh, and maybe they let like every team choose a song and it goes into a playlist or something and it just goes around and around. They're just playing California Love for 18 holes <laughs> for, for you guys. Hours straight. <laughs> Everywhere we go. You're like, oh, come on. Five hours later. Uh, on them, like day four. Like, yeah, day four. Oh. I told them it might be a little bit better if they kind of um, like had us wait before you come through the grandstands onto the first tee. And then, like, announce our team, and we walk out as the song plays, yeah. rather than we're just standing on yeah. the tee, and then they're like, oh, yeah, Brendan Steele and Jamie Lovemark. Cute and then, the like, the DJ's like, oh, hang on a second. Like, let me get, uh, yeah, it's this one. And then, then we're just like, yeah. uh, well, I don't know. I guess I'll hit. Maybe not. I would rather hit while the music was going. But I didn't want to, like, have it shut off in the middle of my swing or something and be like, oh, that was weird. Oh. 
I suggested Love Shack. I you love did, Love which, Shack. Which, I love good. Love Shack. Which is Great also song. very nice. And then I was getting crap on social media for not choosing Lincoln Park. As you should. They're you like, should. oh, it should have uh, been Lincoln Park. Should have picked LP. Except Dave wouldn't have let me pick LP anyway. No, it would have been like, no, wow, that's no. really bad. And then somebody else was like, oh, remember guest theme song, right? That would have been pretty We did sweet. talk about that. Yeah, though. we did. Re-record something to where it, it fits for you guys there. Here, here's what we'll do. We'll put together, we got a year to do it. Mm-hmm. We'll get the guests that all play, sing, whatever. We'll get them together, house band, create a song for the Zurich Classic. And it's just played for that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can I suggest Slippery Fish by the <laughs> 10th Street Preschool Dad Band? Can you sing that for us? We're not familiar with it. Never heard it. As long as you don't close with Slippery Fish, I think we're okay. <laughs> Do they do? Do they allow encores? On the on the first date? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, then Slippery Fish yeah. might be a, a wonderful encore mark. If yeah. Steely goes left in the driving range, it is left, and they have to re tee, then we'll queue up Slippery <laughs> That's Fish. That's the encore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's his mulligan shot if he needs it. First first song will Provisional. be Provisional. Yep. First song, member guest house band. Second song, Slippery if fish. needed, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. Slippery Fish. Segwaying for Phil into the golf side of things, what what brought you into golf originally? Was it Kramer? Yeah, uh, yeah. grew up around the golf course, Los Serranos, and just used to hit balls for fun. You know, I'd never thought of uh, golf as competition for me. You know, I I never thought I would actually try to compete with golf. You know, I uh, it wasn't a sport that I played growing up as a kid, so I I always brushed it off. I was like, yeah, whatever, you guys could keep your score. I'm just going to hit a ball. You know, so. Once I realized that I could hit the ball kind of straight and uh, get some shots up and down, I was like, you know what, I should get my own set of clubs, and I fell in love with the game because it has been the most challenging game I've ever played. Like, you think you're so good one day, like you hit so many good shots, you have your lowest round, whatever, but then the next day you you shank everything, It's all, and it's all on you. You can't take anything back. It's like, okay, well, I just had a bad day, and... For me, personally, as a golfer, there's usually one good day out of a month. So there's lots of days uh, I do bad, but I still, it's like I said, it's the most challenging game I've ever played, and I think that's why I love it. It is that where you have that breakthrough day, Mm -hmm. and then the next day you're terrible, and you're like, I was so excited to play today because I played so good yesterday. And then the the thing that Mm -hmm. we always joke about, too, which is, is so funny, like, We'll be out playing Dave and Mark or, you know, whoever, our buddies, and maybe one of us has a bad day. And, like, I hate golf. I'm never playing again. And then somebody's like, so 8 o'clock tomorrow? Like, yeah. Yep. 36? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'll be there at 6 to yeah. warm up a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and I need, the, I need some time to prep. Bit. Yeah. Got to get it figured out. Dave is a serious practicer. Yeah. He will go to the range, and he'll be like, all right, today's the day. I'm going to figure something out today. Like I said, a couple good shots Every hole, I, I give myself a pat on the back. If I give myself a chance for par or a chance for birdie, especially, then a party. And then if I get a hole in one ever, then you already know I have to call my wife to get me an Uber because I'm going to buy lots of drinks for the bar. So. An Uber to Vegas. Yeah, 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 because <laughs> I'm definitely the most lucky person ever if I were to hit a hole in one. So, Have you had a hole in one, Dave? I've had exactly zero. Zero? Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, still. Brandon? Mark? Had a lot of close We've gone ones. through this. A lot before. of close We've calls. Gone through this once before. Yeah. 
Don't we all have average one? Don't Brendan, no, wait, whoa, whoa. 1.5. 1, 1. We, we've gone all this through <laughs> this before, and it's all just a big setup for Brendan to tell us he has like 10. And then we're like, oh, cool. How many, it, Brendan? It's six, but it's, okay, <laughs> it's a nice number. Amongst yeah, the four of us. How many times have you been hit by a golf ball? Twice. Me too. Twice, like for real. Like where it. A driver. It hit me yeah. significantly. Yeah, me too. Not like, oh, my friend hit a chip and it hit my leg. Like somebody hit one and they're like, four and i turn around and it hits me in the leg or something i took one when i was probably about 11 or 12 years old right in the sternum the funny thing was i wasn't playing golf i was on rollerblades rollerblading through the casa del sol golf course via the cart path and it bounced off my sternum ricocheted and fell in the water and i was like dude you gotta go let's bowl have i said my story of when we were golfing and uh Lindsay being somebody. <laughs> okay. So we're on like the we're on like the seventh hole. We pull up. It's a par three, but it's a long par three. We go up to the red tees, and it's long enough to where Lindsay's going to be hitting a driver, even though it's a par three. The guys are still kind of clearing the green, but they're way off to the left, moving to the next tee box. And she, from the red tees, just rips this driver Lindsay is has always had a very athletic golf swing, and when she connects, even from 10, 15, 20 years ago, she gets it. Yeah, she can hit it. So she hits this ball with her driver off this tee, but just pulls it left, maybe a hundred ninety, two hundred yard shot. It hops and hits this dude right in the thigh. <laughs> the thing is, though, as it's flying towards him, there's a group of four guys. I'm the one who yells four on the tee. So I'm like. Four, because Lindsay's too panicked. You're scared when it's happening. Yeah, we get into our golf cart. We go driving up. These guys are all waiting for us. They're just straight up like they're mad. They're 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 pissed. Yeah, but the guy who specifically has gotten hit by the ball is very upset, and he's heard me yell four, so he thinks it's me. I just kind of look over at Lindsay. I'm like, hey, you might want to apologize to these guys. Just say sorry and whatever else and she's like no no no, i'm too embarrassed i don't want to say anything i'm like if you don't it might be a one-on-four fight here just so you know i might get this could go south really really quickly and she's kind of like oh oh shoot okay so we get out of the cart this guy is like rolling his shoulders forward like posturing me like what the fuck you know like walking up all like golfer. he's pissed Lindsay's a little bit slower getting out of the golf cart. She's kind of tailing behind. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't play golf a lot. Like, did I hit it over here at you guys? Like, did it hit you? And this guy immediately just melted and goes, you hit that ball? Like, oh, man. Like, that was... was, You ripped it. Yeah. Great job. (laughs) He's like, instead of... He goes from, I'm going to kick somebody's ass to, like, you really hit that thing hard. Then he pulls up his his short shorts. What's singular for one side of a short? (laughs) Short. short He pulls up his short. short. He pulls up his short leg and says, look, it hit me right here. And he's got this massive welt of a golf ball, like, straight on his quad, like, on his thigh. The, the lesson learned is that girls get away with anything. Yeah, yeah pretty especially, much. Especially in the golf course. Golf yeah. course, they you get can, away. Now, we, we talked about how many times we've gotten hit, right? Did you say how many times you've gotten hit? You I've been never hit? been hit. Phil? No, that's not never true. Never been hit. I got hit. One of you guys? I got hit I'm one elusive. time. I got... <laughs> like a cat. Yeah. 
not going to let it hit me. I've been hit one time, and it was actually by Chester. And we were playing in the same group, and we are actually on a tee box. And of he course. hit me. <laughs> and I was standing behind him. Wow. And I still don't understand the physics of how it happened. He was hitting a driver. He hit it. It went through his legs, short hopped, and hit me in the leg. And I thought, because <laughs> my brain went to, like, it's impossible that that was just Chester's yeah. shot. I went to like, did this come from a different tea? Like, what just happened? How did this? How does this even make sense? I still to this day haven't figured out how it. It would be it impossible to recreate it. It was absolutely impossible. That was the only time I've ever been hit. Thankfully. So we've been hit a few times in the room, but I guarantee you that I've hit a lot more people than you guys. Have. I guarantee you've hit a hundred times more people than I. Have. I've hit a lot of people. <laughs> A lot. Some what, of them. What do you do usually? What's the? Uh, you apologize, sign a glove, and move on with your life. Yeah. Do you I know mean, before I, you walk up there that's good or bad? A or? lot of the time, and I actually feel bad, which is uh, a lot of other players tell me like, no, don't feel bad. Like they they shouldn't stand two ninety on the other side of the fairway from you know a, a lake or something. It's like that's where they're gonna get hit. That's what my caddy will tell me too. Like it's like, well, they shouldn't have been standing there, should he? Like, isn't, isn't that a Happy Gilmore quote? Yeah, shouldn't have been standing there. Yeah. yeah, I had one really bad one, really bad. It's at uh, L.A. Riviera, playing the 13th hole. Dog leg left, not playing very well. It's a Sunday, late groups, maybe like third or fourth to last group. So there's a lot of people around. Really nice day. And 13 goes left, there's trees on the right, the 11th tee is right there, and there's, like, hot dog stands and, like, stuff mm-hmm. right there. But everybody kind of hits it right. Like, if you hit it straight and it doesn't draw, it goes straight into the trees. So I hit this one, and I'm, I'm playing poorly, and I'm trying to draw it, and I just hit this rocket dead straight. And it's low and flat, and I look up, and it's just a sea of heads. Like, it's, it can't hit any other body part because that's all that there is there. They're all jammed in so tight. It would be like hitting a shot into a concert. Yeah. Like, into one of your sold-out shows. It's just like, it only can hit somebody in the head. It's not going to be the like... the only option. Yeah, it's not like, oh, it dropped down and hit them in the foot. It's like, no, it's, it is hunting heads. I get up there, and there's this guy on the ground. He's already got paramedics with him, and he's spewing blood out of his head. Oh. And then... Even worse, his daughter's with him, like five-year-old daughter and his wife, and they're crying hysterically. And (laughs) they're just like, is daddy going to be okay? You know, it's like one of those things. And the the paramedics tell me, like, ah, he's fine. Like, don't worry about him. He hit him in a spot where it bleeds a lot, but it's not a big deal. You know, like, they're just like, this is so dumb that we're even at a golf tournament. Like, there's people getting in car accidents we need to go save, and we're stuck out here on the 11 tee, you know, dealing with guys trying to buy a hot dog inevitably it's like you stand there and you kind of don't really know what to do like oh i'm i'm really sorry can i get you a glove you know the guy's like getting he's gonna go to the hospital and get stitched up and i'm gonna hand him a glove like cool and uh and then it's like okay well gotta go hit my shot now like time to time to play you know pace of play thing tv times and everything uh, like you're just gonna bleed there yeah uh, uh and Keegan tells a really funny story where he hit a guy, same kind of thing, hit him in the head, blood all over his ball. He's like, <laughs> he's like, there's blood on my ball. And he's like, they couldn't move the guy, and I had to hit, so I had to hit over him. 
So I was like, uh, just <laughs> stop tending to him for a minute. So I hit this shot over him because it had like ricocheted backwards. So now he's hitting this shot with blood on his ball over this guy. Didn't even get to clean his ball. <laughs> That's when you need Lindsay to take the blame. Yeah. They're just laying on the ground, like spewing blood. And I'm like, you hit that shot? No, it wasn't. Like, it was yeah. Lindsay. Yeah, no problem. Great there, shot. One, one other hitting story, hitting of a person. I was playing really bad. Again, sounds like I played bad a lot. This was a Greenbrier on Saturday morning. Uh, and I was already a bunch over par. We got to like the 10th hole. There's nobody out there. There's no fans there yet. Literally like 10 people on the whole course. I hit it way right in the trees. I don't know if we yelled or not. I don't think anybody was even over there. Get over there and there's this kid on the ground <laughs> with his parents and like his brother. And I guess it had like hit him in the leg. And I don't know how hard it hit him or whatever, but... He's just like, I told you this was going to happen. This is what I said the whole time. This is why I didn't want to come here. And his parents are just like, he's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, and like his brother's like, suck it up, you know. <laughs> and he's, he had convinced his parents that uh, this is what was going to happen. Like if we go to the golf course, we're going to get hit. And then, of course, there's one kid out there and I drill him. He, needs he, to, he had yeah. the prophecy. He yeah. had the prophecy of like, he knew. if we go to the Stupid golf tournament, which I yeah. don't want to go to. Then I'm going to get hit with a ball. Yeah, so sure enough. Any funny stuff happen on stage? That's um, we haven't been pranked. Luckily, on stage. I mean, I've had beers like you know thrown all over me and big crowds and stuff like that, which I get you know upset about because I have my guitar. I'm like, man, he just threw a, no a beer of on urine. Him. No, no, thankfully not. No urine. Oh um, man, you're lucky. You're missing out. Yeah. Dave's yeah. had some bottles of urine, right? I've had, I've had, uh, what's it like a lunch sack, like a brown sack, brown paper, yeah, bag. like a brown paper bag, yeah, yeah of poop, poop. <laughs> That's yeah. nice. Human feces. Poop. Is that the strangest or worst thing? <laughs> I, oh, man. As you were saying that, one of my one of my favorite things, probably not one of my favorite things, but one of the funniest things. I think it was only me and uh, one of our security guys who had worked for, with us for forever, like George, our head of security. Uh, had seen it, but it was right when Burn It Down came out as a single and we were touring. And when we would play that song, there we had like pyro. And I don't remember what the pyro cues were, but it was like, it was very literal, obviously. Like the song is Burn It Down and now there's going to be flame tower, like flame dragons, like shooting up in the air or whatever. Kind of silly, admittedly. But as we're playing it on this tour, uh, I'm looking out in the crowd and maybe like 30 people deep, there's uh, a woman who's wearing kind of like almost like black kind of robe looking stuff. It wouldn't be that weird normally to see someone, you know, dressed in potentially all black at a show, except that she was kind of wearing like a little bit of a silly like black hat with it. And it wasn't completely a witch's hat, like in a point, but it almost was. It was like a... It was like a witch's hat that was trying to pass for a normal hat. Does that make sense? It was it, a tweener. It, yeah, it was like... Hybrid. This, is, a, hybrid. this is like a 2014 witch's hat. Yeah. Not, you know, so... I, eh. Had some style. Was it I'm like going to wear a witch's trendy. hat, but Was she like a hipster witch? No. Hip witch? No. She was, she was like a, a 2014 witch, but not hipster. The hat... <laughs> But the hat tipped it off, and I noticed it the first time the pyro cue hit. 
We're building it up. <sighs> Pyro. She sees the flames and she starts doing this like like crazy like excited hand motion kind of gyration thing that almost looked like a witch spell going on. Was she summoning the fire? That's I think what she <laughs> thought she was doing. And I was seeing it and I was like, "Oh my god, what is going on?" You know how like sometimes you'll see that one person where you're just like, "Dude, this person." Sometimes it's like I love this person because they're yeah. the best experience ever. And sometimes you're just like, they're too weird for me. They're like freaking me <laughs> Making out. Making me feel uncomfortable yeah, it's, on stage. Like Burn It Down has a yeah. lot of choruses. So it had a lot of pyro cues. And by the end of it, she each time was casting her magical fire spell. And she, in her mind, was controlling our pyro because she was the witch of the show. By the end of it, I almost couldn't even play anymore. Not that that song's hard to play because it's definitely not on bass. Mental note. Not hard to play at all. But at the end of it, I was almost crying laughing. The stage left witch yeah. a sort Dude, of and then, on you. And then, Phil, maybe you relate to this, we go back and I'm just like, please, please tell me that somebody else saw the pyro witch. Yeah. And I'm like, Brad, did you see that? No. no what are you talking about? Rob, please, you saw that. You had to see that. No. No. Mike? No. No. Chester, you've seen it for sure. Mr. You're always, on, you're always on this. No, what are you talking about? Joe? No. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> damn it. Dave, you made that up. Yeah. That's usually about the time during the show where I get hit by a water bottle from the stage. And Dave's like trying to get my attention to turn around and look at <laughs> see something. It's the little winds being on stage. Brendan, you work in an unusual circumstance playing professional golf. If you were to see a pyro witch in the gallery, you'd be like, somebody else needs to see this or else I might think I'm just going crazy. Have you seen something in the crowd that was just so distracting you, you honestly believe it changed your shot? <laughs> Not anything that comes to mind. Should I, Mark, Phil, and I wear witches' outfits to your next tournament? I think I would really enjoy that. I'll do it. I'm Phil, Phil will do I'll it. do something dumb. But on we're place. talking, we're talking no 2018 witch hats, right? The modern, yeah. the modern. Very, very scary. So, Phil, what have you been up to lately? I know you guys have been doing a ton uh, of touring. We've done a little world tour. We just came back from um, Australia, Japan, Russia, Europe, UK, back home. Uh, so that was a lot of travel. Um, it's so good to be able to bring our music to places where we don't typically play. We didn't cancel any shows, which felt good for us, you know, because unfortunately with Austin, we had to go through a lot of his health circumstances. And the fact that we were able to finalize and finish a tour and not cut any shows for our fans felt really good. So the fact that we powered through a whole world tour and not canceled anything is like a pat on the back. I feel exhausted. Yeah. The travel, all the flights, all the short nights of sleep, they really begin to add up and people don't understand that but it's what we love to do so it is what it is but now i'm, I'm home chilling golfing enjoying the sun writing some music you, you mentioned austin i know a lot of people don't kind of realize yeah, what they that what understand that's the like full medical history or story but, of austin. but also just uh there's a, a different component when it comes to a band that there's a family environment but it that's that's like the cliche, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're a family, blah blah yeah. blah. We eat together, blah, we're brothers, we work together, we're yeah. brothers. It's but it's not a family. It's it's yeah. a but it's not a normal work environment. But for you guys, I think you had maybe even inside of that somewhat of a unique situation. Austin, I love Austin, great dude, and at the same time, 
struggling with some health yeah. issues, like always wanting to be able to be the guy yeah. that can step up and pull it off. Yeah, that's about the hardest thing once you are that guy and then you have to take a step back because you are destroying your body being on the road with his uh, medical condition, Morphan syndrome, which is when your body, like your connective tissue grows faster than what it should. So if, if you wanted to do anything sort of athletic, like be on stage and stuff like that, especially the sort of energy we bring on stage, he would unfortunately be in a lot of hurt. It, it took a lot of time for us to actually realize that he was hurting himself on stage because he didn't really get it. You know, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be on stage and be that powerhouse and get everyone into the, into the live show and things like that. But then after the show, it really showed what he went through to be on stage and do all that stuff. And that really, that really hit us when we were in the UK. And one night we realized he was having a really tough show. We all walked off stage and we're like, you have to take a break not just for the well-being of like our band, but for the well-being of your life. And uh, that hit us hard. And you never know what to do in that situation. You know, like we worked as a five-piece for collectively seven years, and then um, their health issue takes them out of the band and uh, takes them from what they truly want to do. Yeah, it's been tough. Um, But that's, you know, I feel like what life is is a learning lesson. You go through some tough stuff. You learn a couple of things here from there and you bring it into your daily activity or what you're trying to do now. And that's what our band is doing now is fighting, you know, through all the negativity people are bringing and not believing in us and stuff like that. But, you know, we do it because we love what we do. And uh, it's sad that Austin isn't with us anymore. We miss the guy. But, uh, you know, as a collective, as his friends, being in the band with him, um, it's better to see him healthy and not hurting in the hospital because that's like the hardest thing you could actually, uh, you know, witness as being a, a friend to somebody so close. I mean, for what it's worth, I've seen what you guys have done since moving on as a four piece. Aaron is a monster. He's an absolute beast. Yeah. He scares me vocally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He definitely, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I'm saying vocally, maybe you're saying in other ways as well. No, I'm just saying vocally. Only. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, the latest record. Awesome. Thank you. I mean, you guys have, you guys have always been a nonstop like workhorse when it comes to touring that has continued. Yeah. We've done a year of touring without Austin in April. And that was like a crazy thing for us because we did a whole year without like our, our leader, you know, it felt like our most successful year because we felt like a new band. We felt like a new uh, entity of people doing what we love. So Phil, lastly, yes. Do you have any Pearls of wisdom, fills, fills of wisdom. You know, there's Phil-isms. a couple. There's a couple things Phil- I could say to the, to the world that I, I would. I wish they could hear me. You know, love each other first off. You know, I feel like there's so much like a stigma between people where they look into the negative rather than the positive. You know, rather than to try to encourage each other, they try to take each other back. And um, I feel truthfully feel like our society is based on that. You know, just go out and try to be happy, try to be yourself, try to encourage other people around you to succeed in life and, um, you know, believe in each other, you know, treat others with respect and love each other as cliche as that sounds. But um, just showing to re- respect towards people in general is uh, something people could do, truthfully. And uh, I wish that upon people and love each other and have a good time and enjoy life.
And thank you for having me here. Phil, you've always been a super positive dude to be around. I've always really loved that about you and respect that about you. So your words are not just words, but also your actions. And I, I definitely have seen that come out of you. Thank you. For young guitarists, do you have any advice that you would give oh, them? Oh, man. Keep practicing. Don't ever let everyone tell you you suck, seriously, because then that's just going to create a fire underneath you to prove them wrong. And so keep practicing and uh, always believe in yourself and other people don't because sometimes people don't have to see, envision that, but then you can prove them wrong. And then that will be even more satisfying for you as a, as a musician or as a, just a person in life. Then in the most positive way, you can shove it in their face. Very nicely. Very only very nicely though. <laughs> very with love. love. Yeah. With love. With positivity. Yeah. You positivity can and love. Smash in their face. Say, yeah. See that you piece of Exactly. You came as a guest. You depart as a member. Thank you. Thank you for joining us uh, for season two of Member Guest. Well, well done. Thank you. For those who are interested and excited to follow you and what your yes. guys are up to, both with of mice and men and with Phil. Where can we follow you online? You could follow our band at O-M-A-N-D-M on Instagram and on Twitter. And you could follow my uh, personal Instagram at Mr. Moneycat, M-R Moneycat, or my Twitter at Philip Monensaw, whatever tickles your fancy. Beautiful. And thanks to everyone out there for listening. As always, uh, we love getting comments and feedback from you. You can follow us on Twitter at MemberGuests and on Instagram at MemberGuestOfficial. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. May your drives fly straight and your guitars stay tuned. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Together?